like a ball sack on the back of your truck. You're a rich girl and you're gone too far cause you're dancing in the moonlight. Everybody feel on the close up time to dance. Baby Jack. Welcome back to Lyrics for Lunch. This is Lindsay Tucker. I am a blonde bimbo girl in a fantasy world. Hell yeah! <laughs> I don't know if you'll—I don't know if you want to say that after this episode. Oh, I'm sure I don't. Just the fact that I heard the word bimbo in this song lyrics like mm-hmm. a month or two ago, I was like, "What the actual fuck?" Wait, anyway, you never heard? Wait, so we're all already. I don't the know if I already. like remembered it. I know, oh, okay, uh, okay. Uh, Interesting. What is this show? This is the show where we look at the behind the scenes stories of some of history's favorite or not so favorite songs. I am joined today and every week by Aviv Rubenstein. Aviv, hello. Come on, Lindsay. Let's go party. Pin- Pinsy? Ha, 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 yeah. Wait, don't. How are you it? doing this week? What, what, is, what is your current damage? It's Rex Manning Day. It is, it is in fact, Rex Manning Day. <laughs> It is Taylor Swift fan pre-sale day. It's been a very stressful morning. I had a presentation <laughs> that went from 9 to 10, 15, in which I was presenting, and the pre-sale started at 10, so I had to put my boyfriend in charge <laughs> of this life-changing Friend event. Of the show. <laughs> so luckily, one of his coworkers is a Swifty as well. And like I was texting her last night, like, I really don't feel good about this. And she's like, it's okay. I'm going to go in his office. I'm going to sit next to him. We're both going to do this together. I'm going to make sure it goes right. Y'all have problems, <laughs> man. Um, well, yeah. And, the and as of like right crashing. now, the, yeah, the Ticketmaster is crashing. <laughs> Nothing is working. It's like, I want, I want this for posterity <laughs> for, just in case this is like the last day that Ticketmaster exists. And it's like, well, that's, that's what did it. The fucking Swifties. Uh, listeners, you can't see, but, but Lindsay is wearing her Taylor Swift shirt and sparkly and cardigan on top. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. So, what are we talking about today, Lindsay? Uh, today we're talking about the song Barbie Girl, which is from what, 1997? 1997, that's right. But before we do that, a uh, uh, special shout out to newest friend Valerie, of the show. Valerie! Yes, so <laughs> a friend of mine since I was the age of seven or eight years old. He's Valerie. the same boy he used to be. I am the same boy I used to be. <laughs> uh, texted me, I should be sleeping. But instead, I'm listening to the lyrics for lunch episode about the killers. I also loved your Amy Chesnov shout out on the Mariah Carey episode because that was a real person that I mentioned. <laughs> um, and Valerie is our the newest supporter of the show. You can support the show Woo-hoo! by going to lyricsforlunch.com and clicking support the show. Val, you ac- accidentally, I think, supported the show twice. No! So Don't you can, tell her. You can Shh. not do that. But Val also... She did it once for each of us. An extra time for my sweet ex- serenade. Yes, and, <laughs> and Val also wrote that, that she likes Lindsay's singing. Who doesn't? Who, whomst among us. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you, Val. Friend for 30 years at this point. Um, great. We're all old. We all got old. But... Today we're going to be talking about a song that came out 25 years ago this year, Aqua's Barbie Girl. Lindsay, what is your history with this song? I feel like it was quite popular at the pool. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Huge hit, roller rink, jock jams. Yeah, and like I do remember my dad using the word bimbo colloquially. Mm-hmm. Bimbo was a big word in the 90s. Yeah. We referred to lots of people as bimbos. And so maybe I just didn't realize how offensive it was, but recently I put on a 90s playlist. I think that's when I texted you about Barbie Girl, right? Correct. Yeah. So this was a listener request. Lindsay literally was like, <laughs> I am disgusted at Barbie Girl. Uh, it, you have to research this episode. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we got here. Mm-hmm. How did we get here? So how did we get here? Aqua, the band. Aqua are a group of Scandinavian 
Danish Norwegian musicians and DJs. We got some we got some names. As always, I'm like in charge of the Eastern Euro- the Western European fucking <laughs> names. And so we have Renee Diff, Linne Nystrom. Linne is a, a woman. Everyone else is a man. Renee Diff, Linne Nystrom. Renee is a man? Yeah, Renee is a man. Okay. I know. What a world. I mean, I've heard of some manly Renee's, like Celine Dion's husband, right? Isn't his yeah. name Renee? Renee Diff, May he rest. L- Lina Nystrom is the woman in the band. Soren Rasted and Klaus Noreen. Klaus! Klaus with a C, so a little less aggressive. So they originally formed in the 80s under the name Joy Speed, one word. Okay. And it yielded some, this band Joy Speed, yielded some chart success in Scandinavia, but uh, eventually they grew disillusioned and dissolved the band and restarted as Aqua with the same members. What? Just as like a cover up? Yeah, they were just like, we, this is going nowhere. We don't want to do the Joy Speed thing anymore. We want to do something else. Um, but they did have one kind of medium hit in the region which was a reggae version of the Itsy Bitsy Spider. <laughs> reggae dance version of the Itsy Bitsy Spider. So, yes, we're going to listen to that right now. Great. Just why? Not only why, but like, I actually have heard this before. I don't know where or when, but I definitely have heard this version of Itsy Bitsy Spider before. It's like they're aliens and they're like only making songs about like child toys. So, is this Itsy Bitsy Spider a child's toy? It's a child's song. Oh, bye. Sure. Okay, let's play a quick round of Does It Slap. I don't hate it. <laughs> okay. That's, that's enough. You know, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> okay. So, according to Rolling Stone, though... Soren and Klaus met at the age of 18, and their first music industry success came when they did the soundtrack for a movie called Naughty Frida and the Fearless Spies. Naughty Frida. And the Fearless Spies. So that appears to be a kid's movie, not a pornographic film, a line that they would blur again with their biggest hit, Barbie Girl. Mm. Love it. Presented in Aquascope. Hiya, Bobby. Hi, Ken. You want to go for a ride? What do you see? Sure, Jump in. Oh, my God. A guy in a Barbie car. She just, like, threw her day away and jumped in his car. Mm-hmm. And it opens with that, like, little toy bird singing, right? We're in a yeah. kind of a cartoon land. The The... Director of the video stated that he was inspired by like the Flintstone, like Hanna Barbera cartoons. I can see that. Yeah. Oh my god, the spikes. Soren. Klaus. Get tight. Yes, just just me. I'll make it tight. Hold through the lyrics. You can touch. had that outfit yeah this was this was big style in the 1997 <laughs> ah, ha, ha, yeah. 
so they're having a pool party. Yeah, they're just having a nice, nice day. And he like accidentally pulls her arm off. So weird. Yeah. It's kind of got like a Blue's Clues vibe. Yes. Also of this era. <laughs> Having so much fun. Well, Bobby, we're just getting started. Oh, I love you, Ken. Okay. Whoa. Well, there you go. Okay, so we will read the lyrics to Barbie Girl, just not right this. Oh man, second. okay. Oh, so, I'm sorry. It's it's gonna get it's a yeah you know there's lots of stuff today. So the song Barbie Girl topped the charts worldwide, particularly in European countries such as the UK, where it went to number one. It was a number one hit for four weeks, and it was it remains one of the best selling singles of all time. It oh my god. Also reached number two in Denmark and peaked at number seven in the US and it's Aqua's biggest hit worldwide. They're only one to reach the top ten of the hot one hundred. And uh it was performed in the as the interval act in the Eurovision Song Contest in two thousand one. So four years after its release. What do you mean it was performed in the interval act? I think that so so as I understand it, like in between acts, they did they did like a medley of songs from the host country, which I think was Denmark in this in two thousand one, and they opened and closed with pieces of Barbie Girl. Now let me ask you. Yeah, ask me. Do you remember what their other big hit was? Boom, 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 boom. I want you in my room. I don't think that's them. Was that Toy Box? Boom, boom, boom was the Venga Boys. The Venga Boys. Do you remember Toy Box, though? No, I'm looking that up now. But they, Aqua, had this other song that was Dr. Jones. Oh, yeah. I, I read uh, stuff about Dr. Jones. It was on the same record. But you as, don't remember it? As Barbie Girl. No, I don't remember it. It was like, I'll sing for you, okay? Dr. Jones, Jones calling. Dr. Jones, Dr. No. Jones, Dr. Mm-mm. Jones, get up now. Get up now. Me and Dr. Jones. <laughs> it's two Counting Crows songs two weeks in a in row. In a row. Yeah. So back to Barbie Girl. Back to it. Uh, the legend states that Barbie Girl. The legend? Yeah. Okay. The legend states that. that Barbie Girl was written after the group saw an exhibition on kitsch culture in Denmark. I can't. I couldn't find a ton more info on this, but this is the, the quote. Soren Rasted says when we were writing songs for the first album i went to an art exhibition at a store in copenhagen they'd taken a bunch of barbie dolls and made a planet out of them it looked like a big round ball and it made me think of life in plastic it's fantastic and i thought that was a great line and then i wrote come on barbie let's go party um hate to break it to you but neither one of those are great lines yeah and he brought it to the, the he brought the idea to the studio and showed it to uh, Klaus Noreen, who is his buddy from the doing the the kids movie and uh, Joy Speed. And so he says it was in major chords at first. He he Klaus really wanted to change it to minor chords, and so he started on a minor chord instead. I don't mean to be too technical, but the change means a lot. And what I had was too wordy. I remember Klaus taking words out that rhymed in verses. We disagreed quite a lot. Okay. And Renee Diff says, I wrote all my own verses. We ping-ponged between the four of us all about the lyrics. We all chipped in. Great. And Linna Nystrom says, I just remember a few brief moments from the studio, but we really had something worth gold on our hands. Back to Soren. There was a lot of back and forth when we recorded the vocals. Linna wanted to take it down a notch. She thought it was too high. And if she was going to do it live, it was just ridiculously high. There was a lot of fighting about that. But we just said, this just sounds out of this world. Please just let's do this. And we can always take it down one step live. No one's going to notice. And... What happened is that everyone believed, this is according to Lenny, everyone believed that it was pitched up in the computer, but she actually sang it that high. But not live. They brought it down a step live. This, this is from a, the intro of a Nylon article called On How Barbie Girl Turned 
her Linne Nystrom into a rebel. And I just want to read the first uh, sentence. The year is 1997. The average cost of a movie ticket is under five bucks. Titanic was the biggest film of the year, and a little band from Denmark released its debut album, Aquarium. Titanic came out in December of 1997. I know. I don't know what the fuck Nylon's talking about. But this is a quote from that article. The interviewer asks Lena, did you ever anticipate that Barbie Girl was going to become the hit that it became? And she said, we were actually sitting in a kind of a small studio in Denmark when we first did the album. And we were working our asses off just to survive. And you can't really predict anything like that. Our first goal, our main goal actually, was to make it in denmark and in my home country of norway but everything just happened at the same time when barbie carl came out it was it instantly became a number one hit all around the world so we knew we had a good card on our hands definitely this is another thing that that scandinavian bands say which is like uh, there's like a quote that's like it's bad luck to want to go be a hit outside of scandinavia it's like it's like uh too boastful or whatever she also says that she says that, but that's like a. That's a the thing, thing that we've say. heard from. We've we've heard that from Abba too. From Abba, yeah. Abba, Abba. Um, okay, so you ready to do the lyrics, Barbie girl? We've done a little mm-hmm. background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Do you want to be Barbie and I'll be Ken, or I I can that's be Barbie sexist. and you can be Ken? I don't care. I'll be I'll be Barbie. Let's just go with the uh, <laughs> gender normativity. Typical gender normativity yeah. this time. Hiya, Barbie. Hi, Ken. You want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Barbie girl in a Barbie world. Life in plastic. It's fantastic. You can brush my hair, undress me everywhere. Imagination. Life is your creation. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. I'm a blonde bimbo girl in a fantasy world. Dress me up. Make it tight. I'm your dolly. You're my doll. Rock and roll. Feel the it's glamour in pink. It's, it's roll. You're my dole, rock and roll. <laughs> Feel the glamour in pink. Kiss me here, touch me there, hanky panky. <laughs> this is you. <laughs> I know. You can touch, you can play. I don't if like you those, say, like, super high. Like, I'm always like- yours. <laughs> make me walk, make me talk, do whatever you please. I can act like a star, I can beg on my knees. Come jump in, bimbo friend. Let us do it again. Hit the town, fool around. Let's go party. You can touch. You can play. <laughs> if just, you it say just I'm always from, yours. From there. Oh, I'm having so much fun. Oh, Jesus. Well, Barbie, we're just getting started. Oh, I love you, Ken. Okay, so uh, so so you have kind of intimated a couple times that you like didn't realize what the song was about when you first heard it. Yeah. Tell me. So more. like, yeah, it was kind of just. Well, you got to think about it. It's seventh grade. Yeah. And misogyny is cool. Misogyny is the message. All the songs are like that. Correct. This one was just like there was like that bubblegum era that just had this kitsch value and it was fun it allowed you to look past or not engage in whatever like the sexist messaging didn't really hit home it was like oh it's about a barbie like oh it's just playing with a doll but it's there was no like humanization of oh this is a female and they're saying like I'm your bimbo. I right. can beg on my knees. You can beg do on my knees you please. is a thing I didn't get until <laughs> later. But uh, yeah, I this is this is one of the roles are reversed because usually I'm the one that doesn't like get the meanings behind the songs or whatever. <laughs> but like w- even when I heard this at like 13, I was like, oh, this is kind of we like it's kind of weird, man. <laughs> this is kind of Lars and the Real Girl. Yeah, right. And so, but the band has a different reading of their own song oh do they now oh they do now so this is all this is from that rolling stone article diff who is the is renee renee diff says the message is that it's okay to be the person you are and look the way you look and be confident in that you don't necessarily have to have plastic surgeries to be a better person All these metaphors in the song were taboo to talk about, but we came out with a tongue-in-cheek way to present our song. It's a pop song, but it's also a song about how it's okay to be who you are, love who you are, and be yourself. 
really not getting that vibe. Soren Rastin agrees. He says it was this, by the way, this Rolling Stone article is from 2022. So, you know, grain of salt. Uh, but Soren Rastin says it was, of course, a song about plastic surgeries. Other parts of the song were just sexual. We're not really trying to make a statement. We're just trying to write a fun song. Yeah. And Linna, who's the who's the titular Barbie girl, says it's tongue in cheek. It's pop music. If you wanted to see the layers to it, there's all the layers you want. But we kind of took the piss out of the Pamela Anderson Baywatch perfect picture with silicon boobs. We wanted to take the piss out of that kind of perfect girl. That was the main thing we discussed. We didn't say it very often, but that was the main thing behind it. She's literally like stick thin, has boobs. The only thing missing is blonde hair. Yes, the, and that blonde, the, the her missing the blonde hair becomes like an issue with them later on, because people came to their shows expecting her to look like a Barbie, and when she didn't, she like. There's brunette Barbies. No, those are Stacys or something. Those are fucking. <laughs> so, do you buy this? This no. reading? No. Nope. No. Okay. Fuck no. I'm not. I don't know if I'll like, convince. Do you buy it? Like, do you think really. that there? This is like satire of. I think that there is no satire that capitalism cannot unsatire. Right. So, like, they may have been saying, like, "Oh, look how silly it is to be a Barbie," and the, and a sex slave and a sex slave. Like, like, oh, look at how wacky this is. But it's not like super incisive. It's not like. This is there aren't a ton of layers to it. And then it can be adopted by the monoculture as like, yeah, having a sex slave would be great. So Blender magazine rated this the 33rd worst song ever in great. in a 2004 article called Run for Your Life. And the section was entitled Scandawegian Pedo Pop Alert Irk. Pedo Pop Alert. <laughs> yeah, they they suggest quote Perhaps the gambit sounded acceptable in the helium-huffing singer Lennon Nystrom's native Norwegian, but in English, it's just plain wrong. So, yeah. And they yeah. labeled rapper Renee Diff's Basso Profundo, come on, Barbie, let's go party, the worst part of the song. So the bald guy is Renee Diff. He did a fantastic rap breakdown on Itsy Bitsy. He did do a good rap breakdown on Itsy Bitsy. <laughs> So Rolling Stone, when the readers of, of <laughs> this is the beginning of this Rolling Stone article. I fucking love it. When the readers of Rolling Stone were asked to pick the worst song of the 90s back in 2011, they didn't go with the Macarena, uh, an episode mm. you can listen to, Achy Breaky Heart, Umbop, Nookie, or even I'm Too Sexy. The proud honor went to Barbie Girl. <laughs> And even if you've never heard of the Danish-Norwegian Europop group Aqua, you've definitely heard their song that proudly declares, Life in Plastic, it's fantastic. Barbie Girl is inescapable when it arrived in 1997, and it's never fully gone away. And in February of 2022, the video racked up its billionth view on YouTube, landing it in an elite club alongside Bohemian Rhapsody and November Rain. Many publications like Bustle and Medium have written many, many, many takedowns of the casual misogyny in Barbie Girl. You heard the lyrics. You know what they are. There's nothing hidden there or is there. It's from Song Facts. Although the lyrics seem meaningless, they could be making a statement about the inflated value of sex appeal in society. With abnormally tiny waists and enormous breasts, Barbie dolls are unrealistically proportioned, which her critics, her being Barbie, critics claim to lead claim leads to self-esteem and body issues in young girls barbie's maker mattel responded to these charges by pointing out that barbie is not supposed to be realistic and her outlandish shape is designed to make her easy to pose and dress whoa there's a lot to unpack there tell me more okay obviously i don't need to tell anyone listening to this podcast that representation matters if you see a fucking Barbie and you're a little girl and you're playing with it, you think you're supposed to look like that, hence every single Kardashian. Now, why are we trying to make her pose? Why are we posing her and dressing her up in weird little outfits? Why is it so hard? Like, are they, are they like bikinis? I, you can brush my hair and dress me everywhere. <laughs> Imagination, life is your creation. Because I didn't have a lot of Barbies. I literally no. had one that I got from my babysitter for 
uh, like my birthday and I didn't have any Barbie clothes or any Barbie stuff. But I did have a lot of other dolls like American Girls. Mm -hmm. Very, very problematic. (laughs) I was Um, (laughs) was about to say, fallen from grace. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But they weren't. They didn't have waists, and Mm-mm. they were really quite easy to dress in their time period clothing. So this argument is just really not holding up for me, and I also find it a little bit creepy. Like now that I'm thinking about, like, what are the clothes that Barbie had? It was a lot of swimsuits. Mm-hmm. I'm not the Barbie expert here, and and the Barbie that I had like was <laughs> a beach Barbie. <laughs> I did. I'm glad that you do not love Barbie because this is about to get fucking dark really dark yes so do you know much about the history of barbie uh, no i mean i've read like a lot of the feminist takedowns mm-hmm. and like seen the timelines where they show the evolution of barbie through the years where like in the beginning she actually did have a larger waist and then it got smaller and smaller and smaller and then now we've come back out a little to make her quote unquote a little more realistic her boobs are a little <laughs> make smaller. her organs fit inside of her body <laughs> yeah And then literally the other day, I almost texted you this. I went to Target and they had a whole row of Barbies, two rows. The white Barbies were like $5 more than the Barbies of color. Yep. I don't know, man. So there's there's a like like we're not even going to touch on the racism that happens in kids toys because just like there's a pink tax where products made for women are more expensive than products made for men like there's like a weird kind of like ghettofication of of like toys made for people of color like they don't have the same jobs they don't cost the same they are not called the same thing it's it's pretty fucking bad um so the the like party platform soapbox line is this of Barbie. In 1945, Ruth Handler and her husband Elliot founded the toy company Mattel with their close friend Harold Matson. The idea for Barbie came about after Ruth watched their daughter Barbara cut dolls out of magazines and carefully choose clothes and, ex- and accessories to clothe them in. All other dolls on the market at the time were baby dolls, but Ruth realized that there was an enormous potential in a doll with adult features allowing children to act out their dreams. Barbie, named after their daughter, made her debut at the New York Toy Fair in March of 1959 and took toy stores across the U.S. by storm. More than 351,000 dolls were sold that year at $3 each. Today, Barbie is the best-selling toy in the world. More than 1 billion dolls have been sold since 1959 in 150 different countries. This is basically like the back of the box, right? This is like what everyone, this is what Mattel says about the history of Barbie. Yeah, it's the me- the back of the menu, right? The be- right. So the first Barbie, though, that's the one with the like black and white bustier right? we're we're gonna talk okay. i got i got okay. you this i got you <laughs> okay so this is from temple university in their american icons class though the song barbie girl was voted the worst song of the 90s by rolling stone it's a catchy tune that i'm sure almost everyone knows billboards chuck taylor described the song as playfully naughty euro dance ditty a playfully naughty euro dance ditty the music video is full of pink. The female in the video. This is the this is the the Temple University person saying the female, the woman in the video who is supposed to be Barbie has lots of makeup and several different outfits throughout. The band obviously does not see Barbie as some type of symbol of feminism or an innocent child's toy. In fact, it's quite the opposite. You can brush my hair and dress me everywhere. I'm a blonde bimbo girl in a fantasy world. Dress me up, make it tight, I'm your dolly, make me walk, make me talk, do whatever you please, I can act like a star, I can bend on my knees. Beg, right? Sorry, beg, yes, beg on my knees. So I don't, you know, these. Uh, I'm just going to continue quoting. Those are all lines sung by the female member of the band playing the role of Barbie in the song and in the video. The male voice, or Ken, is even less subtle with his sexual innuendos starting the song with the line, Do you want to go for a ride? Which is supplemented with a wink in the video. I don't think he's asking Barbie if he wants, if she wants to hop in the car. Which, like, I didn't get. 
until today, but whatever. It seemed like they were just going shopping. Yeah, but this is made pretty obvious with the later line, you're my doll, rock and roll, feel the glamour in pink, kiss me here, touch me there, hanky-panky. So he definitely wants to fuck Barbie. Yeah, like in pink. Yes, but the way Barbie is portrayed in this song reminds me, me being the writer of this article, of Barbie's origins. Barbie was a knockoff of the German doll Bild Lily. And it was a doll for adult males that was essentially a three-dimensional pinup. What? Bill Lily was a German fashion doll, and it was launched in August of 1955. And it was produced in tonight, until 1964. It, its design was based on a comic strip character created by Reinhard Buthian for the German tabloid newspaper Bild. So the doll was made of polystyrene, it was just plastic, came in two sizes, and it had an available wardrobe of 50s fashion. But the doll was later copied and altered to some degree for Mattel upon the direction of the company's co-founder, Ruth Handler. Back up. She's the one who like watched her daughter cut paper dolls out of a magazine to blah, blah, blah. And she, in, in reality, found this fucking weird quasi blow up doll sort of thing and was like hey my workers at mattel copy this make copy this, this our new our new problem uh our new product mattel acquired the rights to build lily in 1964 and production of the german dolls ceased in favor of mattel's new vinyl doll which they called barbie so was build lily actually blow up no so i'll i'll explain what build lily is right now this is from the sydney living museums and it's an article called life in plastic it's fantastic uh and it's not about the song at all it's just about bill lily it may be a surprise to many that the american doll finds her origin in post-war germany the inspiration for barbie came from a comic strip character lily who was featured in the german magazine bild zeitung from 1952 to 1961, and the cartoon received such great acclaim that Lily dolls were made to cash in on the popularity. Okay. Ruth Handler, the mother, quote, the mother of Barbie, had been pushing to create adult-figured dolls at Mattel since the early 50s, was met with deep resistance, but it was on a business trip to Switzerland in 56 that Ruth discovered the Build Lily dolls. And she felt like she finally had something that she could show the executives at Mattel to build the new line of dolls. Build Lily, unlike Mattel's clean, you know, squeaky clean kind of perfect angel barbie was considered risque she was a blonde bombshell she exuded sexuality and used the sexuality to gain favors from men this is like the plot of the comics okay the dolls were popular with german men as joke toys that were given at bachelor parties or they were like hung from cars rear view mirrors like a ball sack on the back of your truck yeah more like those mud flaps with the silhouette of the girl with the big boobs or like a hula girl yeah right but but the reason i say blow up doll is because it was like a stag party gift okay Build Lily encapsulated the capitalist and materialistic spirit of post-war europe and her clothes so unlike dolls that had come before her, were modeled after Dior's New York look, which was the height of fashion. She may have had dubious origins in Germany, but it was teenage girls in Western Europe that catapulted the doll's popularity. So soon, Bill Lily manufacturers remarketed the dolls as children's toys, and they made furniture accessories to go along with her. Fun. So it wasn't like, it seemed to be kind of this accidental thing. Not that they specifically marketed this like risque doll to adult men and young women although it wouldn't surprise me to be <laughs> honest with you and i mean even if you think about it today who collects barbies like adult women <laughs> yeah adult you're right um, it's easy to see how the build Lily influenced the design of barbie they share the same curvy figure side glancing eyes but there are a few key differences. Barbie's makeup was toned down for the American market. She was given a pointed foot rather than ending in a permanently molded stiletto. So the build lilies were just like molded into stiletto heels. The bottom. Okay. You couldn't take their shoes off. You couldn't oh, take I their see, shoes off. I see a naked one right here. She yeah. is wearing black stilettos. Yeah. 
and she's selling on eBay for seventeen hundred dollars. So, so the 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 really mint condition build lilies I looked at them today are like four thousand dollars. Barbie was given a personality makeover too, becoming a wholesome teen fashion model rather than a seductive adult woman. Hmm, way more wholesome. Yeah, right. In the fifties, at a time when young women were supposed to stay home and get married and start a family, Barbie was holding down a career. She was starting a. She. This is like Barbie's backstory. She started life as a fashion model at fourteen. She's had many incarnations over the years with eighty different career paths, including astronaut and CEO. Barbie has enabled girls to play out careers that, in the real world, were often rare for women to hold. We're supposed to believe that this chick started out as a model and then had all these different careers and she's the same person? <laughs> I don't fucking know. Like the Barbie mythology is is bizarre to me. But I think, yes, that's like, that's the backstory is that there's one Barbie and she does everything from her Malibu dream house. Yeah, I didn't get that. I thought it was like and her niece Barbie, Stacey. teacher Barbie, all different Barbies. It's, someone correct me if I'm wrong. I'm clearly like not the person to... That, that's like deep in the Barbie lore, but no, I, think I think you're that probably right. I think I'm right, but I don't know if that's how kids play with Barbies. Like, if you had no. five Barbies, you wouldn't. They that's would be different. Also, like, not how kids play with like Batman. <laughs> Anything, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we all know that they're like. There's like Michael Keaton Batman and Robert Pattinson Batman, but like, and they're all supposed to be the same guy, but like, they're not. Anyway, uh, one new Barbie is sold every three seconds. <laughs> that's the end of. The- that section one new barbie is sold every in, worldwide still? yeah still at least as, as are they of, made out of the recycled writing. plastic nope oh my god so when he saw a world that was literally just made out of barbies like that's not too far off no no i believe that someone made a globe of barbies <laughs> that we're living on it that and we're living in a barbie <laughs> world so back to nylon and back to barbie girl this is Lynn and Nystrom. They ask her, how has your relationship with the album changed in the 25 years since release? She says, we've always been super proud of it, but I do believe we, when we became successful overnight, it was hard to deal with all the opinions of something we made on our own. We released our baby into the world in America. It was a different point of view than in Asia. It was very strong opinions. And that was kind of hard to deal with. Everybody, especially in America, wanted me to look like Barbie Girl and was quite disappointed, actually, when I didn't. That made me kind of rebellious, actually. I turned into this rock chick to kind of be the opposite side of whatever people wanted me to look like. Meredith Brooks. Yeah, and I think if if there's any one thing that lends credibility to this th- this reading that Barbie Girl is satire... It's this statement that she's like, I just wanted to sing my songs. Everyone wanted me to look like Barbie Girl. And so I said, fuck you and started dressing like a punk. And that may have just been her and not the direction of the band. Haven't we all done that? I guess. But if if they were really into the misogyny, if they were like really like, yeah, having a sex slave is great. Then like, wouldn't they play that up? Question mark. I don't know. I don't think it's like a smoking gun. But they probably or at least she probably just realized she grew up a little. She realized the implication of the song and what she had done and what had been done to her. Yeah. And she was like, fuck this. I hope. I mean, listen, I hope so. And I hope that that they, you know, have a better view. Everyone has a better view of this now than they did 25 years ago. But not everyone was happy about the release of Barbie Girl. Oh, really? Like the Mattel people? Yeah, like the Mattel people. (laughs) In September of 1997, six months after its release, Mattel, the manufacturer of of the Barbie doll, sued MCA Records. Copyright infringement. Kind of. Not copyright infringement, but but trademark violation. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. So, Aqua's, this was, MCA was Aqua's North American record label, and Mattel claimed that Barbie Girl violated their trademark and turned Barbie into a sex object, specifically when they referred to her as a blonde bimbo. Well, if the shoe fits. Right. It alleged that the song infringed on copyrights and trademarks on the Barbie doll and that the lyrics had ruined the longtime popularity and reputation of their trademark. So the trademark is that Barbie is this innocent girl and referring to her as a bimbo 
sullies that trademark. Slander. Sl- yeah, kind of. So so the way trade and I deal with this a lot with like film students where they're like, oh my God, I used the Apple logo in my project because like I was using an iPhone. Like, am I going to get sued? The answer is like, probably not. So with trademarks, as long as you're not doing something that the product is not supposed to be used for you're generally okay so if the song was i'm a barbie girl i like you know having my 80 different careers and i'm pretty bad for the environment mattel probably wouldn't have been able to say anything but because what if i was the singer and i was like i like to masturbate with my fucking barbie doll like would that be okay because you are my Barbie doll about, is my dildo. Because you, I'm super glad. Because I was like coming up, I was like, I fucked Elmo or something in my head. But because <laughs> you're talking about it in your specific use case, I think you're okay. But what you would say is, or what would get you in real trouble is, Barbie dolls are supposed to be dildos. Mm. You know? I'm using a Barbie doll's dildo, <laughs> and so should you. Because that's what they're for. That would get you in trouble. But you know who would be actually a really good person to consult on this? My friend Valerie, who is a lawyer. Call on me, Valerie. So Val, write in. Is my is my uh, understanding of trademarks completely off the trademark? Um, okay. So this is from the LA Times in 1997. You might think that a company would love to have its product mentioned prominently in the lyrics of one of the country's hottest pop singles. Not the makers of the Barbie doll who are furious with Aqua, the Danish quartet responsible for the dance dance pop smash Barbie Girl. They interviewed the music director Tracy Austin at the radio station KIIS 1027 in LA. She says it's great publicity, but Mattel says it's an outrage. Mattel believes that the song portrays young women as sex objects. You know, I got to I got to uh, agree. Don't with them. make me side with the fucking company though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Lawyers for the company said that the manufacturers of the doll have been in discussions with lawyers representing MCA for more than a month over the content of the single which was released commercially in the United States on August 19th. In the song Aqua's Lena Nystrom assumes the role of Barbie and she says make me walk make me talk do whatever you please i can act like a star i can beg on my knees on my knees thing is not great but at least there's like a level of innuendo the bimbo thing is the smoking gun because the word bimbo was synonymous with like slut at that time yeah what is the actual definition of bimbo what is the actual definition of bimbo an attractive but unintelligent or frivolous young woman this is from the oed so like also I mean like there is there is like a level of like sexual promiscuity that is implied in bimbo. At least there Definitely. was in the 90s, right? There was. My dad called everyone a bimbo. Of course he did. So meanwhile, Mattel is fuming. Quote, we have expressed our extreme dissatisfaction with the song and with what we believe is a strong case for trademark violation. This is Scott. Oh, I'm sorry. This is Sean Fitzgerald, who's the company spokesperson. If Aqua or anyone else is interested in dancing with Barbie dolls, they're going to have to ask us first. Shut up, Sean. I do have some legal questions because mm-hmm. Barbie, while yes, it's a universal trademark for this fucking stupid doll it's also someone's name oh Lindsay! (laughs) it's almost like you've heard this show before (laughs) so fitzgerald said that they will pursue legal protection uh, pursue the protection of our legal trademark through all available legal channels and mca said barbie girl is just intended to be a fun upbeat summer song and there's a disclaimer on the record indeed the packaging for the cd carried this notation quote the song barbie girl is a social comment and was not created or approved by the makers of the doll oh so they saw this coming oh from a mile away All four members of the band share writing credit, but Soren Rosted said in a recent interview he was inspired to write the song while riding his bicycle. So this Denmark museum thing is maybe a lie. 
The, the band has also said that Mattel management in Europe gave the song its blessing. Citation needed. <laughs> Sean Fitzgerald denied that Mattel overseas would approve of the song. Quote, that is absolutely incorrect. He said, quote, we are not amused. We're not amused. Okay. We so thought the, you were amused. The, I thought you may have been amused. <laughs> the lawyer for uh, Aqua, well, it was the lawyer for MCA Records because they sued the record company, not the band. Uh, the the lawyer for MCA was this dude named Russell Frackman. Oh, great name! If right, and he's also interviewed in this Rolling Stone piece. He says this: the lawsuit had eleven different claims. They pretty much threw the kitchen sink at us. They all boiled down essentially, in one way or another, to trademark infringement, and they even claimed that they that we infringed on what they called Barbie Pink. So the Barbie color pink. that they used. Not allowed. Not allowed. They own that color. Renee Diff says, the first thing I thought was, wow, the biggest toy company in the world is going after this little band from Denmark. Do you remember when Crayola had the like name the colors competition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you remember what the pink one Millennial one pink, was? right? No. This was oh. when we were in like grade school. Kids. No. I, it wasn't like dog's dick pink. No. It was Tickle Me Pink. Oh, I hate that. That's worse. I would prefer Dog's <laughs> Dick Pink to Tickle Me Pink. Anyway. Lennon Nystrom says, I thought it was hilarious, to be honest. I have to say, only in America. They didn't sue us. They sued our label. For a long time, we couldn't talk about it. If we were interviewed, we couldn't speak about it. There was a lot of hassles around it, but it was also a bit hilarious. And it was a free commercial on both sides, for Mattel and for us. Sure. Frackman felt that Mattel had a weak case. Quote, my view was reinforced when I learned more about Barbie's background. Barbie began her life as a German doll known as Lily, and Lily was a plaything for adult men. So her background was not pristine. It also gave, became very clear that Barbie had been represented in books and other media, even in recordings prior to Barbie Girl, as representing a certain type of person. She became an icon standing in for a certain type of person. Yeah, there was models walking down the runway in like traditional Barbie outfits. Correct. That was the major defense in the case. Or that was the defense's major like sticking point in the case. It was essentially a First Amendment defense. The label paid the legal fees, but Soren Rostids thinks that this whole thing was a setup. Quote, Nobody's ever said that to me, but I think that they made a deal very early on. I think that they made a deal that they were going to sue Universal Records and they wanted the attention. You can't really be frustrated about that. I don't think that we wanted to hurt the doll. It's difficult to have a clear law about the doll. <laughs> but Frackman hired literary experts, record industry experts, marketing experts. They came up with all sorts of material that was a lot more critical of Barbie and had a lot more sexually uh sexual innuendo than barbie girl there was no doubt that for many many years even people who didn't buy barbie dolls were aware that barbie was either viewed as a feminist or a bimbo that was an indisputable fact also trademark names have been used in songs for many many years think of janice joplin singing lord won't you buy me mercedes benz paul simon's kodachrome bruce springsteen's cadillac ranch at one point mattel argued that they could have so, that Aqua could have called the song Party Girl. Party Girl. Okay. I'm a party girl living in, in a, a party, in a party world? world. But obviously calling a party girl does not this, convey the same message as calling a Barbie girl. No. It was four or five years of litigation in the trial. Jesus. And so they went to trial. They went to the Court of Appeals. <laughs> Quote Frackman, one could say it's a lawsuit that never should have been litigated. Just a waste of people's time and money. Correct. But in 2002, the lawsuit filed by Mattel was dismissed. And Judge Alex Kozinski from the U.S. Court of Appeals ruled that the song was protected as parody under the First Amendment. This reminds me there was a train song that said hefty bag. Sure. And I heard like... This is the first song ever to use hefty bag in the in the song. Great. Train. Train has like weirdly train like disappears for 10 years and then comes back with like a massive hit. I think we're almost <laughs> due. Um, so this is from the BBC. Barbie must accept that being parodied is part of the job. A U.S. judge has ruled 
after the manufacturer of the famous Leggy Blonde took legal action against the pop song that mocked her. This is the, what the judge says. With Barbie, Mattel created not just a toy, but a cultural icon. And with fame, often comes unwanted attention. My question is, like, what was Mattel really after? Were they actually just trying to sell more Barbies? I think Did so. Did they actually think is, they were going to squeeze blood from a stone here? This Did is they need money? This is what Soren thinks. I think that in best case scenario, they would drive record sales and also get a cut. Right. I think that the deal was that they wanted MCA to settle and pay them like a quarter for using their trademark. Okay. The judge also noted that Barbie, Barbie had heard much worse since her conception in the 50s. Aqua is not the first group to be sued over Barbie. Director Todd Haynes was also sued by Mattel for his use of the, the Barbie doll in the 1987 film Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story. I don't know how that maybe they use it as a dildo. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, Aqua and MCA Records claim that Mattel injected their own meaning into the song's lyrics. They contested Mattel's claims and countersued for defamation after Mattel had likened MCA to a bank robber. So Mattel called MCA pew, pew, pew. Records a bank robber, and MCA is like, fuck you, Mattel. We're going to sue you back. You can't sue me. I'm suing you. Basically. And this was also thrown out of court by the same judge. <laughs> judge Kozinski concluded his summary judgment by writing, the parties are advised to chill. Yes. Listen, take a Barbie Jeep down to the beach, knock a few cold ones back. You'll be fine. So 12 years later, or I guess eight years after the seven years after the lawsuit, but 12 years after the song came out, Mattel decided to embrace the outrageous pop single and ad adapted it for Barbie advertising. Oh, see, now that's just uh, hypocritical and in bad faith. Well, they th so so you could say that this is proof that of Soren's theory that this is like all bullshit, or that they have like a change in leadership and they are less up their own asses. But the new version uh, has more inspirational lyrics, like "You can be a star no matter who you are." I like that. Yeah. So we can take a listen to the 2009 Barbie World official Mattel licensed Barbie girl song. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Go for a ride? But it's not Aqua singing. It's even creepier. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. Whoa, he did a. Also, this is the skinniest version of Barbie because we're in 2009 in like the height of heroin chic. Look at how fucking yeah, skinny like, this doll is. Her knees are like my pink, like a, a doll size pinky. Yeah. And the outfits. Are not really the screaming outfits. that they can do whatever they want. So in twenty seventeen. Lennon Nystrom says, I do believe that Mattel saw an opportunity to get some attention because the song was quite innocent and it wasn't sexist at all. It wasn't our point to make the song sexist, at least. It was kind of more making fun of the Pamela Anderson kind of girl that was existing at the time and still exists, of course. But it's a super innocent song if you listen to all the other shit that's out there, you know? Mm, nope. <laughs> she's she's on this fucking... Innocent. She doesn't she doesn't waver from this. But it also turns out that Soren and Lena were married for 16 years. I literally only found one mention of that. They cash they like Soren casually says, Oh, Lena and I were married for 16 years. So I don't fucking know. Okay, does that make it better? No. I'm just I'm just wrapping up stuff on the band. All right, here we go. 16 like, years. 
in general, I would have like woven that into the story, but I can't find any other evidence. Mm, okay. But it's time. I have. I have. It's time to 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 pull the rug out from everyone. I have discovered the true meaning of Barbie Girl. You have. I have. Yes. This is from the Waterford Whisper News. I'm going to read this article to you. The whole thing. Uh, yeah. It's not. It's not long. I'm ready. The impenetrable sophistication and cryptic lyrics of Aqua's Barbie Girl, an unlikely pop hit, has defied comprehension and even caused the most insightful music and literary critics' problems. Just what do the opaque, mystifying words mean? Ponder their meaning no more, as Professor Rudolf Beckner, the silent behind-the-scenes member of the pop band Aqua and celebrated German philosopher responsible for the song's lyrics, broke down the song's meaning on his deathbed last week, giving pop fans clarity where none existed before. We've all struggled with understanding the song, which feels like it went out of its way to be unknowable. We've written dissertations on its meaning. We've lobbied the UN to divert funding from helping people caught up in humanitarian disasters to researching the song with greater scrutiny. But here we are now. We have answers. We've done those things. Okay. But here we are now. We have answers. Is it really about the Kennedy assassination? We accosted Beckner on his deathbed and threatened his family in exchange for answers. See ist ein Barbie Frau. Beckner said with what would provoke to be one of his final breaths. We make allowances for his fragile state, but nevertheless, nevertheless kick him violently in the ribs and demand he speaks English only from now on. The, the assertion, the assertion. Yeah, this is like the Waterford Whisper News is like a parody website. Okay. The assertion is she is a Barbie girl living in a Barbie world. No. Beckner continued, spinning up some blood now, which was frankly rude. I'm a blonde bimbo (laughs) girl. Dress me up. Make it tight. Kiss me here. Touch me there. Hanky panky. You can touch. You can play. These lyrics obviously had nothing to do with sexualizing women. Even Even if people insist on a feminist reading of the song. The hanky panky is really where it's like, no, I can't let that go. It's fucking bad, man. Um, I also like one feather in the, in the Norwegians caps is like, they don't fucking know English. They don't know what hanky panky means. Oh, Um, come on. (laughs) MCA knew what it meant. The message is this Barbie world. She is in. It is our world and we are all Barbie girls. Are we not? The 89 year old added his, his breathing even more shallow. Beckner looked deep into our Barbie eyes, and in that moment, the esoteric complexity of the lyrics fell away, and the meaning unfolded before us. We had been granted the gift of understanding this song, either that, or we were so confused, we suddenly felt ill. Don't you see? Undress me everywhere, Beckner said as he slowly left the world behind. You are me, I am you, and we must undress our being. We must commune and comfort one another against the ineffable injustice of time as a singular entity. This was not Ein Toy. This was not Ein Barbie. It was the human soul. Everyone's soul. Everything we are, will be, and okay, a little bit about who really killed JFK. Life ist fantastisch. And he was gone. We regretted potentially speeding up his death with the kicking as we had more questions about Dr. Jones and turned back time. Dr. Jones, Jones calling Dr. Jones. <laughs> now shaking as the fullness of this new heightened sense of understanding had provided us with sunk in. I don't know. There's a word missing there. We laughed at the idea of some idiots thinking this is a song about a hypersexualized doll just made for the pleasure of men. We come into the world naked and we go out into the world naked. <laughs> Undress me everywhere. <laughs> Lindsay figured it out. The gullible one of the show uh, figured it out halfway through. Yeah, this is a parody from a website called the Wellington Whisper. What's it called? The Waterford Whisper News. But I figured ending ending a parody song on a parody is fitting. But there may have been another true secret inspiration for barbie girl i mean you kind of had me there for a minute i know 
<laughs> Take a listen to this. bird chirps the song yeah so there's a bird that chirps the the opening melody to barbie girl (laughs) so what the fuck what the fuck what the fuck how is this a coincidence is this a bird that like listened to barbie girl is this did the band get it from the bird the band got it from the bird or it's a mockingjay the band got it from the bird so this is the call of the Eurasian blackbird. And for this, I need to t- I need to turn to noted internet man, Hank Green. You're passionately disinterested in this topic, but it's happened to me, so it's going to happen to you now. I made a video about Barbie Girl, and there's three pieces of information I desperately need to share with you. Yesterday, I made a video about how the Eurasian blackbird sings the tune to Barbie Girl, and it didn't get it from Aqua. Aqua may have got it from the bird. Two pieces of evidence in that. First, the video starts out with a bird chirping in a tree. Second, Aqua's from Denmark, and apparently the Eurasian blackbird is like the most common bird in Denmark. So, yes, it seems like culturally this is a really popular melody that Aqua may or may not have knowingly ripped off from that bird. I think they knew. Okay. I think they had I have no proof. The proof is in the plastic pudding. Proof is in the plastic pudding. So what are we going out on this week, Lindsay? I have no idea. In 2020, American... Dr. Jones! Dr. No time for love, Dr. Jones. Um, In 2020, American singer-songwriter Ava Max released an interpret... There have been many covers of Barbie Girl, but Ava Max released an interpolation of Barbie Girl, reclaiming it as a feminist power anthem. It's become huge on TikTok just this year. It's called Not Your Barbie Girl, but jokes on her because she has to pay Aqua every time it is played or streamed. So... That's what we're going out on this week. Ava Max singing Not Your Barbie Girl. Not your Barbie girl. I'm living in my own world. I am plastic. Call me classic. You can't touch me there. You can't touch my body. Unless I say so. Ain't your Barbie no. Where can people find us on the internet, Lindsay? Find us on the internet at Lyrics for Lunch on Instagram and Twitter. And for longer and weirder stuff, drop us a line at Lyrics for Lunch at Gmail. If you want to be like my friend Valerie and support the show, go to LyricsForLunch.com and click on the tab that says Support the Show. The tab's so nice, you can click it twice. (laughs) And tune in next week when we do this all over with a brand new song that is probably also about misogyny, knowing us. And uh, tell your friends. And let us know if you want to hear if you want to hear us break down a, a wild song from your past. Let us know on one of our many social medias. And until then, I'm Aviv Rubenstein. I'm Lindsay Tucker. Saying, Wow, I'm having so much fun. The party's just begun. What is it? The f- How does it call? What's the last thing? We're all we're just getting started. Order five courses, then chocolate cake. Uh-huh. Acting like a can when I want a man. Acting like a can, but I don't end. I do my own thing, yeah, watch me dance. Uh-huh. Not your Bobby girl. I'm living in my own world. I am plastic. Call me classic. You can't touch me there. You can't touch my body. Unless I say so. Ain't your Bobby no. Wanna put me in a box You ain't gon' talk to me like that You better stop